This podcast is for the sales professionals at every level. If you want to convert more prospects into paying customers, then you're in the right place. Because Joe has spent the last three decades mastering buying behaviors, personality types, emotional and logical triggers. This is the Sales Genius Podcast. It's only a numbers game if you want educated. It's time to get educated. Welcome to War Games Wednesday, everybody. I am excited to have you guys here, both live on Facebook and here on Zoom. What I do want to say is that what tickles me is this man over here in the plaid shirt. No, what tickles me is having Craig Cushman on the actual show with us today. So it's one of those people you're going to end up finding that he genuinely wants to help people. So I met him 15 years ago um, via the phone, and we were working licensing for financial services people together, and um, just the everything aligned, smart ass to smart ass, right? <laughs> productive to productive, results to results, and so it was just great synergy to say, okay, great, we're here, and so we've continued to have this friendship as we continue down the road from through different companies and uh, you know, the mocking within Facebook Messenger and text message is still relevant today as it was back then. And so um, as I had stated yesterday in my post, you're talking to, we're gonna, we're gonna get information today from Craig. Craig has sold billions with a B, right? Billions of dollars worth of products and services throughout his career. And he's done it all in like eight years. He started when he was 18. Okay, maybe he's been doing it for 30 years. We don't know. But when you look at this, what is it that he's going to do today? He's going to come in. He's going to take 30 plus years of him learning how to sell, what to do, what is necessary, and take all of that and then mold it all into something easily digestible and something that you can take action on immediately. And, you know, we're all about learn it and then go do it here in War Games. So I don't want to take any more time away because I know all about what we're going to talk about today because he shared it with me yesterday so I can sound like I know what I'm doing. But we don't know that it's going to be right when I say it. But yes, that's going to be. Craig Cushman, welcome to War Games. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I, it's, it's an honor to be here. I, you know, I, uh, Joe, I so appreciate you. Uh, you know, it's amazing that it's been 15 years, but it has. And... Uh, you know, one of the things that I that I really appreciate about you is <clears throat> is something that is kind of rare in people anymore, and that is that you're serious about life, but you don't take life that seriously. And you're serious about business, but you don't take business that seriously, in in the most respectable of ways. You 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 actually know how to have fun. And what I've decided is that is that love love is at the root of every single thing that we do and every single relationship, every single business thing that we do. And, and I think that what's connected to the idea and the conversation around love is, first of all, you have to love what you do. You certainly want your customers to love you. You don't want them to just like you. You want them to love you so they keep coming back and refer you and everything else. So I think you actually have to have fun at what you do to be connected to the idea that you love what you do. And I think when you have fun, that is an energy that transfers to the people that are, are looking at you considering to do business with you or considering to, to have a relationship with you. And I'll tell you something interesting. The way I came to know you 
is that I sat in a boardroom meeting at that, at that headquarters office in Georgia, around the table with all of the top earners of the company and top leaders of the company, and presented what it was that I was presenting. And one of the things that they said was, I think you'd be really fun to work with. And I think our field would really like, really like you. And I won that business, which ended up being millions of dollars of business because I showed up and I just want to, I, I want it to be a fun experience. And I want, I, I, so that's a, that's a, that's a compliment to you. And I also want to say that I, I kind of like that to be the outcome of today. Um, I want it to, I want it to be a little bit of fun because I mean, it's information, it's education, it's a night, it's a set of ideas, not necessarily what you would put in the, in the bucket of, of, oh, this is so fun, but you know, I think it is actually fun that we all come together in an environment like this, that we have a chance to dedicate a little bit of time in our day, in our week to educate and create some new neural pathways, some new constructs, some new ideas that we can move forward with. Sometimes it's just that, that it ignites us and reinvents us and recalibrates us to go back and do something differently with a little slight difference in attitude, a little slight difference in energy that attracts people to us. So, so what I want to share with you, and I think Joe did a great job of sort of setting it up. I have been a sales guy for 35 years. I started in a, I started in, I was 19, just going on 20, uh, started knocking doors in California, uh, which I know some of you or most of you are. And I was up in the Bay Area and I started knocking doors selling insulation and alarm systems back in the, in the mid 80s. I'm an, I'm an old dude. And so um, I learned some hard lessons. Door to door sales is never easy, but it really like tempered my steel, tempered my metal made me think and recalibrate myself between each door because I got a lot of rejection. I got more rejection than I think the average person gets. And it's not that I loved it. I didn't. I was, I was sometimes dejected from door to door, but I'd have to go up to each door and recalibrate myself. And I remember I used to say the same thing over and over again. And it's a, it's a quote from Ella Wheeler Wilcox. And it's something that I've said literally millions and millions of times in, in my life. And, and it's this, there is no chance, no destiny, no fate that can circumvent, hinder, or control the firm resolve of a determined soul. There is no chance, no destiny, no fate that can circumvent, hinder, or control the firm resolve of a determined soul. And I would say that over and over again because I wanted to believe that I was a determined soul. And there are lots of moments where I was not a determined soul, but I just felt like, look, there's nothing that's going to get in my way. There's no, there's no destiny. There's no, there's no fate. There's no person that's going to get in the way of me achieving what it is that I'm here to achieve. And at that moment, I, I had a baby and I had, you know, I had responsibilities and I really needed to win. And so I wasn't winning, but I had to convince myself how to win. And, and so over 35 years, I've had to continue to play that tape in my head because like anybody else, I have my own insecurities. I have my own self-doubts. I have my own frustrations. I lose more than I win. I get no's more than I get yeses. But I learned in those days that it's a people game. This is not a numbers game. It's a people game. And it's a soul-to-soul -soul game. And you have to connect with human beings on a level that, that starts with yourself. Because as, as most of you know, you can't give what you ain't got. If you ain't got it, you got to go get it. And once you get it, you got to go give it. Got it? I mean, that's, that's, really the, that's really the mindset is that you've got to just go get the stuff that's self-love, self-care, self-confidence uh, so that you can communicate that uh, in a multitude of ways. And so, so, so what I want to share with you today is really something I call the seven C's of success. Seven C's. In, in, you know, in the old days, in the old times, um, they used to talk about sailing the seven seas. I'm not talking about oceans and, and bodies of water. I'm talking about seven seas that get you uh, to do that. But you've got to, like the sailors of old times, you've got to ride the waves. You've got to deal with the surf. You've got to deal with the storms. And, and ultimately, to get to your destination, you've got to figure out the construct 
that works for you and constructs not one of the C's and Craig and Cushman is also not one of the C's. So there's maybe there's 10 C's, but it doesn't sound as good. Seven C's sounds so much better. So, so I want to share with you like a practical tactical approach to this. Now I also, you know, Joe and I talked about this. If you have questions or you want to interrupt me and, and, and get me to comment, please do. Please be, uh, please know that you can totally just pop up a hand or, or say, hey, Craig, Craig, I got a question. I will certainly do that. If you don't, I'll just get on a roll, do my thing, and then we'll, we'll have some time uh, at the end. We can talk through questions and comments, okay? So uh, that's the scoop. So, so let's talk about, let's talk about like fundamentally what, what I'm talking about. These seven C's in my mind are practical and tactical mind, mind sets mind mindset's not the right word it's mind flow because your your brain and, and your mind is always in flow it's never really set so i mindset's a misnomer so i i always but mind flow isn't a word that we all use so i just want to say like this is a practical tactical mindset but it's also a skill set so a series of of skills that you can think through teach to other people uh, teach to people on your team, your, your partners, et cetera. So it's a mindset, a skill set, but it's also a tool set, right? So, so, so it comes down to it's a mindset, skill set, and tool set. And I think you have to have all three in full effect in order to be really powerful in a selling situation. And all of you, I think, come to this thing week after week to, to learn from Joe and the team that he brings on, and probably from each one of you, the, 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 the things that will, that will build your mindset, build your skill set, and add to your tool set. I think we're all, we're all constantly in, in search of better education, the, new, the newest idea. So hopefully I can share with you some things that will be ultimately useful for you personally. And as well, if you have a team or if you have partners in your, in your business, you can share that with them. And, and I think it'll, it'll anchor some thoughts uh, for you. So, so let's, let's get on with that. At the end of the day, we're all here to get results. Um, how many of you, how many of you want better results in your life? Just the people that are on this thing that I can see, show me it. Of course you do, right? Um, everybody wants better results and results are easily identifiable. We can get on the scale. We can see how much we weigh. We can look at our bank account. We can see how much money's in there. We can walk out our door, look back at our house, see where we live, look at our car, see what we drive, etc. So we have our results are always ever present around us and they either inspire us or they inspire us to do something different. And, and so for me, results come down to a set of behaviors and actions. We, we kind of all know that there's, I'm not saying anything new that you don't know, but if, if you didn't know, your results are yours and they're from your behaviors and your actions. End of story. Not, it's not external. It's nothing else. It's just you, you and you, you versus you. And what you have is a result of you. And so, so it, it begs a deeper question. Well, what's under behaviors and actions? Because if you just change your behaviors and actions, yes, that can impact your results, but it's, it's deeper than that. It's really about your mindset, your total overall mindset. And I think you have to have the right mindset and the right attitude. Um, you know, it's always says that attitude like determines your altitude. We, we hear all the mantras around that. Uh, one of my favorites is from Steve Siebold where he says, um, your attitude determines whether you're in your way or on your way. It's a simple differential. And if you have the right attitude, you're on your way. If you have a crappy attitude or a doubtful attitude or anything else, then you're literally in your way. So in your way or on your way is an important uh, uh, thing for you to notice about yourself. And so if you have the right mindset, which is really your, your sort of your, your reticulating act or what reticular activating system. You know, if you have the right mindset and your amygdala is kicking off and you're, and you're doing all the stuff that you're focused and it's boosting your energy and it's releasing the doubt and you're, you know, you're, you've got a, an attitude of gratitude and you're, and you're ready to go and take action, then you, you need to make sure that, that that attitude of mindset's in the right place. And if it's not, one of the things that you can do that immediately changes the effect of, of your attitude is build new talents. So part of coming to a conversation like this is actually digging deep on the talent base. Like what new talents can you garner from a, a simple conversation? What can you get from me 
that would add to your own personal talent base. If you get a new talent and the talent can be something as simple as a simple idea or a simple piece of information. And if you have the right talent, it will impact your attitude. Think about it. If I could teach you to juggle in five seconds over this, in this Zoom call, you'd be like, oh, wow, I can juggle. That's so cool. I'm going to go show that to my kid. I'm going to show that to the office or whatever. And you would have a, an attitude of wanting to share. So think about each day as you're building your knowledge base, that's a talent. And your talent ultimately becomes a driver around your attitude. And it helps with the conditioning of your life. All of you showed up to whatever this thing is that you chose for your life in sales with, with a bunch of stuff behind you. Some of it good, some of it not good. Some of it positive, some of it negative. Sometimes you were taught like how to live by people who didn't know how to live. And so you're stuck with some of these ideas that, that come from your, from your youth that you have to overcome all the time. That's part of your life's conditioning. But here's the beautiful thing. You can completely rewrite your own script. You don't have to be in a tragedy or an action film or a love uh, drama or whatever. You can rewrite your script all the time and rewrite your conditioning and re reset yourself. And that's ultimately what we're trying to get to. So as I said, it's, it's mindset, skill set, and, and tool set. And I think that um, for me, it's about taking information and moving it to action. But information alone doesn't move to action. Information... First, you have, to, you have to gather understanding. So first you get information, then you, then you consider and understand it. Like, how does this play for me? And then you ask yourself the question, what are the implications of this information? If I do something with it, what are the implications? If I don't do anything with it, what are the implications? So we get information, we seek to understand it, then we apply the question around the implications of, to our life, and then we make some commitments to it, and then we take action. To me, that's the process of, 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 of sharing information. So let's talk about these seven C's that, I, that I've been talking about. So the first one that, that I wanna share with you is content, it's content. For me, um, as I've come up as a salesperson, as a sales guy my whole life, um, it always, it always comes to, at some point in the conversation, my knowledge around my content. So I've spent a lot of time in the direct sales leadership world. I've been an executive in four different direct sales companies. I've also been a B2B sales guy for consulting firms and chemical firms and advertising firms and different things throughout my life. It always is important to know the content. And the reason that I, that, that I believe that content is first, where you pour yourself into the content without giving yourself analysis paralysis. You have to give yourself uh, the advantage of knowing what you know and being able to say, I get it, I know what I know, right? So I know what I know. And when you can say that, what happens is you, you end up leading yourself into um, one of the other C's, which I'm gonna cover here off in a second. But your content is know your business, know your compensation, how you get, how you get paid, know your products. These are important things. In, in the world of, of direct sales, uh, where I spend a lot of my time, you know, it's about finding prospects and how you invite people, but sales is the same. Finding your prospects, how do you invite them into a conversation, get them on the phone? How do you present? Presenting is, is, is like ultimately where the, where the rubber meets the road. So you've gotta be really good at inviting people and you've gotta be really good at presenting and then you gotta be really good at following up. Those are kind of the three uh, the three hot buttons. If you're not good at either of those three, you're going to struggle. You don't, you, you might not be great at finding prospects, but there are all alternative ways to find prospects and, and helping prospects, you know, become business partners or customers. That's, that's all part of the closing process and, and so forth. But at the end of the day, you've got to know your content. You've got to be able to explain to people, um, you know, their understanding around the timing, that, why you're offering what you're offering and the timing of it and the market size for them, giving them a content exchange. That's why knowing your content is important and having, you know, uh, the, what's the need in, the, in society? Why are your products and your services innovative? Share with them, give them the insights into why they want to do business with you and, uh, and so forth. And I think you also need to, one of the pieces of content is to know 
the person you're talking to. So, so one of the things I've done recently, I spent a lot of time with, um, uh, on a contract for the last eight months with a company called Codebreaker Technologies. The, the, point of, the point of that is that they have some content that's called Bank, B-A-N-K. And it's, 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 it's basically, um, it goes back to kind of the, the four temperaments that Hippocrates uh, put forth 2,500 years ago. He basically broke people into four categories and he was the father of modern medicine. Well, ultimately that has translated into psychology and, and basically people come into like four different groups. They're either conservative or they're action oriented or they're loving and nurturing and, 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 you know, primarily kind or they're knowledge and information people. And so what happens is, 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 is bank uses these cards to actually help define who is your person? Who, who are they? Tony Robbins says this, let your prospect determine your presentation. One of the mistakes that we make as salespeople, and I made a million times, is that I had one presentation that I gave to everybody. Well, if there are four different people and I'm giving one presentation and I'm an action person and my bias is towards speaking as an action person, you can imagine I'm literally missing 75% of my presentations just in my personality style. So you have to figure people out before you start dropping your insights and knowledge on them. You have to be interested in them. You have to be interested before you're interesting. And so if you're interested, you ask them questions and you determine whether they are conservative or whether they're high action or whether they're just, they wanna know about what does your company do to contribute to society? What's your mission? You know, they're, they're, they're heart driven or they're knowledge people. Just give me some facts, give me some data and you don't expect to close those people out of the gate. Let them do their research. That's just, if you know that's who they are, then respect that. And when you go into their world first, you actually are understanding your content and how to pivot your knowledge exchange based on their content and who they are. Very, very important part of the process. You become a mind ninja. You become a, uh, a, a like a, a psychology um, con conversationalist and people dig that because you're relating to them. Too many of us just like try to polish our own stuff so that we show up like, hey, we know our stuff. And if you if you believe we know our stuff, then you want to do business with us. That's not the case. People want to do business with people that are like them. They actually like themselves better than they like you. So you need to figure out how do you connect with them? And the best way to do that is know your, know your excuse me, know your shit, know your stuff, know your content. But before you go forcing it down their throat based on you, like get to know them, go into their world first. They really appreciate that. And we're in a different time now, people. Like I'm from the 80s and 90s when you could, you could get away with using Tom Hopkins, you know, uh, processes and people like just ran through it. Well, today it's relationships. It's heart to heart. It's more than a brain. We all have brains. We all have knowledge. We can Google anything we want and find pricing and everything else. It's, we do business with other human beings because they're awesome human beings. And so if we know our content, we start to step ourselves up over, over that, which leads us to the second C, which is context. Context is different than content. If you think of a fishbowl, okay, just think of a fishbowl that this is my example of a fishbowl with my hands. Um, you inside of your fishbowl, you have your content. You have your products, your, your team, your money, your services, your commission, all that stuff. Everything lives in, in the fishbowl that you, that you live in. But the context is the strength of the business around it, right? It's the, it's the Blair Singer calls it the code of honor. It's, it's a, a code of honor is, is literally the, 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 the thing that holds you together when the heat comes on. How many of you have ever struggled or had tough times in what you do? How many of you, if you don't raise your hand, you're a liar about other stuff. Okay. So, so here's exactly, we all do. So, so here's the, here's the deal. The context is what keeps us in the grind. It keeps us on the, on the pathway. It's our sense of 
of why we do what we do. Simon Sinek has made a career of calling it the why and knowing your why, but ultimately, you know, the content context is the why and the what going together. And so when the hard moments come as they do, then when you have the right context around you, your business and your team, you will hold tight and your customers will know that and you will know that. And so that's an important part. That's, that's, the, that's the, the context. It's also, context is also an emotional intelligence. What's fascinating about emotional intelligence is that it's a self-regulating process that drives us around motivation, that, 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 that taps into our empathy, that heightens our self-awareness and builds our social skills. And what's fascinating about, about emotional intelligence is that it, it affects every part of our life. Our EQ is far more important than our IQ. That's why our why is more important than our what. And so, so the, the, the point about that is it affects our business, our communication, our health, our relationships, and ultimately is our, leads to our success. And, and statistically speaking, um, people with higher EQ sell more. So what's, what's unbelievable about that is top performing salespeople are 85% more productive uh, than the average performer, those with a, with a high IQ or EQ. And, and people with a high EQ are 12 times more productive than the worst performing. So literally just by being more aware of your emotional intelligence, you set yourself apart 85% higher income, probably far more than that. Because if you understand the four personality types, you literally can increase your sales upward of 300% just by the mere fact that you are attending to all of the personalities that you approach. And I think for me, instinctually, I didn't, I, this, was, this wasn't new knowledge for me when I, when I approached this a, a while ago. This has been on my agenda for, for 30 years. I instinctually understand that I have to pivot myself based on who I'm talking to. And I learned that in a very expensive lesson by missing enough sales that I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. I, I keep missing sales. So build your EQ and you will build your, uh, your cash quotient. I can promise you that. All right, so that leads us to the third C. First C, content. Second C, context. Third C is competence. So part of the reason we come to a, a conversation like this is we're building our competence. And competence is a, is a, is a really important thing. I, I, I built, as I, was, um, as I was doing a lot of this stuff, I built a 14-point sales process. I believe there are 14 steps. I believe there are 14 steps from beginning to close. And, and I think that they, they, they look like this to me. I'll just, I'll just tell you what they are. First is the intro. And then second is you, is you, is you crack their code or understand their personality type. That's an important thing. Make a good introduction and know who they are. If you don't do those two things, you really mess up the entire trajectory of the conversation. And then you set up the call, whatever it is that you're doing, you set up that next thing. Sales is, a, is an agreement to agreement to agreement to agreement until you get the agreement. And so, so with, with uh, unless you're in a business that's a one call sale, but I don't think anybody's in that business really that would be on this call. Um, so set up your call. Then when you get on the call, ask a lot of questions. This is point number four, ask questions, listen, and take notes. I literally have an opportunity call outline that sits on my desk. If you look at this, it's those of you that are watching me, I have a, a, a plastic folder with, a, with my 35 year distillation of the most important things to know, the most important questions to ask, the, the way to tell a story, key points of what I wanna talk about. And, and basically I use that as a guide. I have it in my brain, but I have, uh, I have the smarts to keep it in front of me so that I stay in a rhythm. And so, so asking a lot of questions and listening and taking notes further brings you close to the, those people and who they are. And then you tell a great story. So the fifth point is you tell a great story. Now I have an eight point um, story outline that I've perfected over the last 15 years. And as a leader in, a, in direct sales companies, I've literally taught this thing 
to hundreds of thousands of people. And, and it's, a, it's a very simple process. Um, I'll be happy to share uh, the, the outline with, with Joe, but bottom line is, you know, it's your name, your occupation, and, and how you found your business that you're in. Those are the first three. And you do naturally who you are and, and um, you know, uh, why you do what you do or, or whatever, and then, and then how you found it. And then the second three are what impressed me the most about this company, blah, 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 um, what it's doing for me, working there, whatever, and the best part is, and why this is an important lineage is that it leads, it leads your own conversation and that of the internal uh, person, you know, the internal part of the person you're talking to through a head to heart conversation. Nothing transacts or happens unless you move your business and your thought and who you are from your head and their head to their heart. That's how business transacts. Why? Because ultimately we are trying to get to trust. And Joe and I talked about this yesterday. Trust, according to Stephen M. R. Covey, who wrote um, uh, The Speed of Trust, trust is more than a social virtue. We all have to have trust with one another. I mean, you don't know me and I don't know you guys, but you're trusting that I'm giving you, you know, good, solid information. But the point is, is, is trust is one of those things that we have to have to hang out with one another. But trust is also a, a, it's not just a social virtue, it's an economic driver. If you have no trust in your organization, things will get bogged down. You won't get your projects done if you don't trust the people on your team and they don't trust you. There's all these movements that people make to not move forward. And I know you all know what I'm talking about. And so when you have trust, you move quickly, you move together, you move you know, synchronously as a team. And so that's an economic driver. There's, a, there's money related to speed. And so, so you're trying to get to trust, but to get to trust, you have to build rapport, which is a bridge. You have to walk over the bridge of rapport. And there's a toll to that. The toll to getting onto the bridge of rapport is building and eliciting uh, uh, questions that, that bring you to that place of conversation where you show interest in them and you don't show up like a, the selfish person that you might be, you have to change that and become selfless and show them that you care more about them than, than anything else at this particular moment. Solving their problem, being their consultant, being their guide, whether you make money at it or not, you have to take that chance. If you don't take that chance, then you're just another meatball in the sauce and they'll choose somebody else that's better. And so, so it is about building rapport and getting over that bridge into the land of trust. I know that sounds a little like, like a Dora the Explorer book, but I, I, I mean it like it's an important, it's an important construct. So going through this, going through this, it's, uh, and I won't, I won't belabor this, but it's, you know, it's, it's having a great story, then having scripts that meet the conservative action, uh, love-based or, or, or intellectual type person and then preparing for your presentation the right way based on who they are, then delivering the presentation the right way based on who they are, following up with them by preparing correctly, and then following up with information based on the right way about who they are. If you know them, you won't just deliver, you know, well, here's your, here's your standard contract. It, it can't be that. It can't be your standard response. You've got to be able to talk to them in their world and then handle the objections, asking for the business, handling the objections again, and then, um, and then building a solution that exactly meets their needs. To me, those are the 14 steps that we all go through, whether we want to or not. We either do them all or we don't. And if we don't do some of them, we don't get the business. And if you're wondering why, it's because you skipped over some of the stuff that you really shouldn't have skipped over. And it all is most heavily weighted on what you do at the very beginning. And so, in fact, I don't think that people get objections who do a good job of building rapport at the beginning. I, I don't get objections anymore. I did in the very beginning because I sucked. I sucked at communication. I sucked at paying attention to people who they were. I was all in it about like, I've got to make a sale. I've got to make a sale. I've got to make a sale. And it was about me and I didn't pay attention to them and they could feel it. And then they would ask me objections, the ones that scared me the most. And I didn't know how to handle them. And then boom, it was done. And so it's been a long path to really get clear, be about them. That's why know your content, have your context, 
build your competence, which is where we are, and then competence builds confidence, okay? You can't fake confidence. You might think you can, but you cannot fake confidence. If you act confidence, people can see through that like, uh, like, a, like you're wearing saran. Okay, so you, if you're confident, people can feel that from your soul because it's in your brain and it's in your body, it's in your body language, it's in the eyes, the way you hold your eyes, it's the way you move your mouth. Like you can't fake confidence. You got it or you don't. And the way you get it is by building your competence and your compassion for those people. Compassion is not one of the C's, but it, it's wrapped into that, okay? So content, context, competence builds confidence, all right? And, and if, if you believe there's a bigger you in you, then you gotta go get that. So, so that leads to the fifth, the fifth C, which is communication. Um, what it, what it comes down for to a lot of people, and because I'm in direct sales in the MLM world, most of the people that join MLM aren't salespeople. They're not even business people. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know what to say. And they ask a very basic question like, so what do I say? What do I say to attract prospects? What do I say to my prospects? But here's what I'll tell you is the truth. I've been a sales guy for 35 years, and I still say that question. Like, man, what do I say? What do I say to this person? And so if, if, if that's true for me and it's true for the newest person, I'm guessing it's true for everybody. And so if you're asking yourself, what do I say? You've got to start thinking about the, the other person, right? If you know who they are and you put yourself in their shoes, remember they're thinking to themselves some standard things. Do I trust this person, right? Do I trust this person? Do I trust their, um, their company? Do I trust their brand? Do I trust what that stands for? Because that's, that's a big question that you're trying to build a relationship to overcome. And then the second thing is, so could I do business with this person, with this company? They are asking themselves that, all right? So you're trying to make it easy for them to answer yes and then yes, and then the third question I think that everybody stands, uh, stands there with, whether they say it or not, is so if I do it, is it worth it? Like if I work with this dude or this, this girl, like is it worth it? Is, is it going to be fun? Is it going to be good? Is this person going to take care of me? Are they just looking for the order and disappear? Like if you are the person I'm asking you to be, they're going to answer those three questions which are in everybody's brain. Do I trust you? Should I, should I do this? And is it worth it? And if you can know that them, you can actually nullify their doubts. You could call those questions out right up front. Say, hey, listen, you know, I know when I have these conversations with people, I know everybody's, they're always asking the same kind of question. Like, do I trust this brand? Do I trust this company? Hey, let me just address some of that. And I'm going to tell you, as we talk today, I'm going to cover that. And, you know, people ask, they're always asking themselves, like, you know, is this something that I could do? And I just want you to know, like, I'm going to show you how this could possibly done, be done. And, and, and the other question that people are, are always wrestling with is, like, is it worth it? Like, if I do this, is it worth it? And I'm going to, I want to show you how that's going to be. So when we get to the end of this, you'll be able to answer those questions that I think most people sit with. Fair enough, fair enough. Okay, so like, again, those are simple things, but it's acknowledging the person you're talking to and giving them the, the credibility that they're thinking for themselves and that they're not just there to listen to your knowledge because they already have the knowledge. Trust me, they don't, they already know what they know. They, in fact, in most cases, it's like dating. They've already decided whether they're gonna do business with you or not, or they do in the first five minutes or 10 minutes. So be the best person you could possibly be and, and, and like, just do the right thing in the call and you'll, you'll, you'll more than likely have great, uh, great experience with them. So, you know, for me, um, be prepared to balance facts with the story because I'm convinced that when you're confident, you tell a great story and stories, as you all know, stories are what sell facts, tell stories, sell, but you got to have a balance, right? You got to have facts and people are there logically purchasing whatever they're purchasing, offering their company money or their person, personal money, they need facts, they need validation, they need linear, logical conversation to be had. But it has to be also delivered and wrapped in a story because we are not intellectual beings, we're emotional beings. We are emotional beings with intellect. 
And if you relate to people at the emotional level, you'll literally, uh, if you can validate the brain and the heart together, then you actually cover off on that. And so, you know, for me, I always ask very standard questions that take in all of the personality types. I'll say, I'll say things like, hey, I'm, cu I'm curious, what, what got your attention? Great, all right, perfect. So what would you like to know today that would be the most helpful for you? And, and I, you know, I wanna take the time to show you our tools or our processes and, and provide how they provide pre predictable results. But I just wanna make sure like, so, so what is it that got you in here? Now, what happened in that scenario is I've literally just covered off on all four points, all four personality points. Because a conservative person, um, you know, they really want to know about the processes and the tools. They use words like that, process, system, tools, like that's what their conservative mind is looking for. They're, they're wanting to avoid risk. If doing business with you presents any risk, you have to actually help them understand how they don't have risk. And so you have to use the words that speak to them, which is processes, systems, tools, etc. And then the, uh, the action person is like, hey, what, what, I'm just curious, what got your attention? Attention, image, speed, like just get to the bottom line. That's an action person. I, I, I lean there the most. Probably many of you do too and when you choose sales as a, as a business. Um, but then, you know, what would you like to know today? What would be most helpful? No, no, knowledge, the word no is a, a linear word. It's for people who operate in their brain. Speak that word and you speak to the person who's operating primarily from knowledge and information. And this is important. But then when you say what would be most helpful, helpful speaks to the heart of the person that wants to be helpful. And so if you use the language, the words of conservatives, the words of people, the words of people who care about other people and contribution and community and the words of informational, intellectual um, data and research people, if you use those words in your language, you're going to appeal to each kind of the personality that you're going to run into. And so when you tell your story, your eight point story of who you are and what you do, why you were looking or why you're there or why you work there, how you found your business, what impressed you, what it's doing for you and the best part after they tell their story, then you can ask them the question, well, great. Well, does it sound like it's a good idea to go through this process? Yes, great. So you tell them the next steps. So what, what, I, what I really wanted to cover off is, is we're, we're, at, we're at five, which is communication. And that is using the words that speak to the person. I've, I've said, before and I'm, I'll, I'll start wrapping this up, Joe. I know I'm looking at the time too. Um, no, we're good. Keep the, going. You know, we we, we got to okay. get to seven, bro. That's what we got. I get to seven. I'm at five, I, so we're yeah, getting. I there. know. Um, I'm like Edna's so, gonna lose her hand in a second. She's trying to write so fast. I don't. I, well, I don't want Edna to get carpal tunnel, but right. good for you. <laughs> love it. I love it. So, so I, what I want you to under, understand is. What is it that brings those different personalities into the conversation? And if you position yourself with the content, the context, the competence and the confidence and the language that speaks to those personality types, you're going to be highly effective. And, and it's, and it's an important part of the, it's an important part of the process is, is being, being clear and asking questions when you know your person, person's type, then pivot yourself, carve yourself into four experts, right? Carve yourself into four different people. You can do this. Be, how do you talk about your stuff to a conservative person who wants to know the systems and the processes? How do you talk to this bottom line to an action person who's like, give me the bottom line, dude. I just want, I want I'm excited. Tell me how this is going to help me be more awesome. How's this going to help? How are you going to help me be more awesome? Because that's what somebody like me is asking. And, and then a, a, a person who's operating more from their heart, who's, who's con compassionate, they want to know what is doing, what's this going to do for me with my team and my community and how's this going to help? And so speak that language. It's, you're all 
four of these parts. All of you are all four of these parts. You have a predominance to one. And the person that's in front of you has a predominance to one. If you know their predominance, then you will be more effective in your overall communication and your relationship and your rapport, which will lead you across the bridge to the, to the land of trust where all the money is. There's a big bucket of money over there and you don't get to reach into it unless you cross that bridge. And I'm telling you how you relate to the people to cross that bridge. All right, so I sound like Lucky Charms over here, but um, look, the bottom line is you're trying to get those people to say as many yeses to you as possible. Tom Hopkins taught me a truth in 1985 that is still true. And, and here's what I learned. When I was sitting, I was 20 years old, and I was sitting in, in kitchen tables in Northern California. And I would sit with people, and I would keep track of, the tw of getting to at least 12 yeses. This was Tom Hopkins' mindset. You got to get 12 yeses before you can close. So I would tell stuff. I would ask questions. And I would get people to give me a yes at least 12 times before I went to, for the close. And I would keep track of it. I'd even mark, I'd even, in the beginning, I would put little check marks at the bottom of my page. I mean, it was ridiculous, but I was just doing what I had to do. So, you know, fast forward, we're, we live in, an, in a world where, where there's a, a, a best-selling book called Go For No. Well, that's dumb. That's literally the opposite of what you should be doing. Psychologically, you don't, you're going to get no, but you want to get as many yeses as possible in a conversation to make people comfortable. That's how you know they're comfortable. That's how you know you're comfortable. That's how you know you're going get, to get somewhere. Go keep track of yeses. I'm telling you, don't be shy about keeping mental track about getting to 10 or 12 or whatever yeses. And don't, and don't just ask silly questions. Anything that gets you yeses as well as important questions that also get you yeses. Mix it up and, and be prepared to deliver that. That leads us to number six, the sixth C, which is, which is commitment. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna make this very simple. Commitment is, is ultimately an energy exchange. And sales is the transference of feelings. Sales is the transference of your energy, your belief, your commitment, your, your desire. When you transfer positive energy, clear energy, confident energy, articulated well, then you will be in, the, in, the, in the, the place of being a committed human being. And people can tell the difference between people who just like what they're doing or wishing for success and those that are committed. And frankly, the people you want on your team aren't people who are just like, yeah, I kind of like this or this is kind of cool because the moment they have an opportunity to leave, they will. People who are committed fight through hell and storms and, and low months to get to high months. And bottom line is commitment is a sign of maturity, a sign of, 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 of trust that you can bank on somebody who's committed. You can tell the difference between somebody who's committed and somebody who's not. You can feel it from them. You have the God-given right to intuit from other people, whether you're, whether that person's committed or not. So you, if that's true for you, if you can pick up on, on that from somebody else, then people can pick up on, on that from you. So I'm going to invite you to step up your conversation in your own head. Am I committed to this or am I just, am I just enjoying it and liking it? Because the, the difference between that has an enormous impact on your income, which I'm going to lead to the, to the last C, which is, um, Consistency. So consistency is very, very interesting because consistency leads to credibility, which is also not on my list of C's. So I guess there's probably 20 C's we could call this thing. But consistency um, is, is a huge, bless you, Mike, um, is a huge, um, is a That's huge That's the heart-centered thing you were talking about. Oh, I, I have, I have. That's... I'm very much, I'm very much that guy. But, um, but the, the power of consistency is fascinating. I've, I've seen this before, but I would ask the question of, of you on this call. If I could give you, and maybe you've seen this before, but if I could give you a million dollars today, or I could give you a penny that would double every day for 30 days, how many of you would choose the million dollars? Raise your hand. Okay. How many of you would choose the penny that doubles every day? Okay. 
So here's, here's what I'll tell you. The, the correct answer is choose both because why not? Because um, nobody's stopping you. But, but if you had to choose one or the other um, is, is that the, the, the penny that doubles every day actually goes like this. And I, I, have a, I have a slide I could show to you, but a penny that doubles every day is literally by day 15 is only $163.84. So doubled from a penny to two to four to eight to 16 to 32 to 64 cents to $1.28. So it's not moving that great. So if you were two weeks into this methodology and, and your buddy chose a million bucks, you'd be kind of ticked, man. Like what? Um, but it, as it keeps going, by day, uh, by day 21, it's $10,485.76. By day 24, it's $83,886.08. By day 27, it's $671,088.64. But here's where it gets really interesting. Day 28, it's 1.34 million. Day 29, 2.68 million. Day 30, it's 5,368,000, uh, $5,368,709.12. So take choosing that, a penny that doubles. Take that, Giacomino. You can't travel with the rest of us. That's no, nope, that's right. <laughs> yeah, but he's got the, he's, he, had the, he had the milli up front, so he's probably buying at the beginning of the trip. Right. But here's, here's exactly. the deal. That's right. Here's the, here's the deal, though. If you, if you are not consistent at what you do every day, there's a serious, serious price to pay. Okay. So I will invite you to consider how important consistency is in all of this. If you do your business half-assed, you're not going to get half-paid. Because I'm going to tell you this, if you, if you double a penny every other day, you don't get to two million or a million. If you double a penny every other day, you're, you're only going to collect $163.84 at the end of that. So by not doing your business on purpose, on focus every day, you don't just cost yourself half a million or, you know, 202 million, you cost yourself everything. Not being consistent every day is excruciatingly expensive. And why you don't have the millions in your bank account today is probably because you, like me, have probably had a lot of days where you've just not done what you were supposed to do. I know that's true of me, and I'm guessing that's probably true of you, but you can change that right now and actually do the, the, the doubling every day. So let me rework the, yeah, Joe just, just did that for me. So thank you. Let me rework the, 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 seven C's and I'll wrap it up. Cause this is about inspiring yourself with a champion's mindset. It's being an example and playing the game and playing the game to win. It's getting you and your leaders in the game and keeping each other accountable and, uh, and getting out of your own way. And so here's what it is. It's content. You gotta, you gotta know it. Context. You've got to wrap it around you very, very tight and make it, make it, make it stick. Uh, competence. You've got to build it. Confidence, you've got to be it. Communication, you've got to continually tweak it, refine it, and, and make it beautiful. Words have vibrations. Words mean more to the people than you think that they do. You can say the wrong thing to the right people. You want to say the right thing to the right people and you want to say the right thing to the wrong people. It doesn't matter. You want to say the right thing. You want the right words. Learn the right words that, that are vibrational, that have vibrancy, life, life-giving, life-affirming, energy. You want those words that communicate in ways that you can't alone. So communication is key. Um, commitment, have it decide it, be it, and consistency, own it, earn it, and, and live by it. And you will have the kind of momentum in your business and in your life that only comes by being a master at some of the simpler things. Momentum is simply nothing but your mass 
in motion. So I'm going to say this, get off your mass, get your mass in motion, and you will have the kind of momentum that will build a business and a life and a reputation and success and income for you that uh, can only be done by you taking that, that, that action. So that's where I'm going to wrap up. And Joe, I'm going to give it back to you. But if people have questions, we'll, we'll be happy to cover off on those. Okay, that was literally 55 minutes of drinking from a fire hose. I know. Okay, that was, I mean, it was amazing. I mean, I'm sitting here scribbling. I'm going to tell you right now, you went through all that and I love every part of what you went through. And then what hit me the most was half-ass doesn't get you, doesn't equal half pay, right? That little nugget you threw in from the side and I was just like, wow. And then when you turn around and say, oh, you don't get the doubling effect because you don't work consistently to do that. I mean, it's like, boom, that makes so much sense. I stopped it at day 12, took a break because I deserved it. And then I started the next day at a penny again and went right back. It's a, it's a painful lesson. Sometimes, sometimes we're old when we learn it like me. And sometimes we're smart enough to learn it when we're younger and we can, we can, employ it. It's just like compounding interest. It's nothing different than rule of 72, right? So, so in, in business, we typically compound relationships. We compound people and, and reputation, and that's just as important, but we have to, we have to be at it every day. And so when I, when I threw that thing in from the side, it's because I, I, I understand now, like, and I, I want to be, I want to say the right words. I don't want to sound like a, you know, like a vulgar guy, but, but it is, you have to be whole-assed in your efforts. You can't be half-assed because, because if you're nothing, if you're, if you're not full in, if you're not committed all the way, if you're not playing to win, if you're not at it, it's going to reflect in, in your income and you can't fake the numbers. Data tells you the truth. You can pretend you're awesome and you're doing everything you're supposed to do, but the data is, is, is there really telling you whether you're doing it or not. So. Right. And so, and me coming from the management side, I, my saying was always, if you half-ass something, it takes somebody else an ass and a half to make up for what you did. True story. Right? And so I look at it and I'm like, now yours, but when you looked and you said rule of 72, which you know, I know, right. And you sit back, but to put it into that perspective of the doubling every day. Okay. The answer is for the next 60 days, can you put your head down and prospect call every day? For the next right. 60 That's days, the can you go, go prospect every single day, right? That's can you, can you call, knock on doors, answer emails, send out stuff, right? But don't do 25 outbound emails today to try to get business and then do nothing for the next five days, right? Yeah, you can't, you can't, to can't, get that you, can't way. Take, you can't take seven showers on Sunday and think that people are going to think you smell good. They, you just can't. Right. I agree. Right. My buddy, Bob Donnell says you can't go to the gym and that gives you the six pack. No. Right? You actually have to work out while you're there. Right? <laughs> otherwise, otherwise you're just sitting there, but I look at it and I'm no dude. I mean, seriously, it blew my mind when you got to that point and then that penny a day where Mike screwed up, I'm gonna point that out again. Right. And took his million dollars and bounced, but <laughs> it's because hey, listen, you, you don't you yeah. don't know what Mike's gonna do. I reinvested it. I reinvested uh, it. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I'm gonna mount it to cash. Right. He put it. He put it into Amazon, and that stuff tripled, and and he's fine. Yeah, That's he's got right. three That's million. Exactly I got five still. I'm still going further on the boat on the cruise, but no, but no. I wow, Craig. Thank you so much again. I, we got comments out here like massive value today. Somebody just Larry Schneider typed in penny. <laughs> right because now he's going to think about it but i'm telling you you're all never going to look at a penny you know the same way again so discipline equals freedom field manual okay. i love that yes so but no that's yeah, it you know, larry schneider also have... said the bank cards are a game changer in business bank bank card so here's the thing about the bank cards i um one of the things i really like about the bank cards is if you're, a, if you're a seasoned salesperson, these are super beneficial because you're going to be able to do this instinctually, but also it's a fun way to play with people. And, and you know, you, you know it's, it's, it's not always intuitive to ask people to play with your cards or whatever. You could do it online as well. 
I found that people who are new to sales, this isn't necessarily intuitive, so it's a little bit difficult. But if you are a, a professional, this these are these are immeasurably beneficial. I, I think they're I think they are a game changer uh, for people who know what they're doing in, in sales. Yeah, and and so when you look at it, right, because of what you went back and said, right. So if I got competence where I can deliver it in four different ways, so I'm confident to deliver it that's when identifying which of the four ways that customer needs to see it, right? So when you're new, you don't know who you're sitting across the table with because you haven't spent enough time analyzing and going, oh, this is a know-it-all brainiac, right? That's going to sit down and say, I need to know everything. Where when you get got around it before and they're saying, oh, well, let me see what kind of warranty does it come with? What does this look like for this? And you start going, oh, I get it. I know where you are now, right? You're looking for security. You're this person. So now I'm going to flip over and I'm going to present it to you, how you can set yourself up to stay protected the whole time, right? That's and right. all of these different things. But again, as a, a person with a lot of sales knowledge, that just does the thinking for you up front. That five, six, seven minutes it takes you to try to, investigate which actual personality they are. If you don't absorb it right away, that's going to help you because that's 30 seconds. And that puts you yeah, back in you the know, game. I, I, believe, I believe there are four or five things for you to master as a, as a great salesperson. <clears throat> there are four or five things for you to master that as you're doing them, they're, and they're on kind of an autopilot for you, as you're doing them, you can assess the, the individual that you're, you're working with and you have the space in your brain to think about what you're doing and pivot while you're like sort of on an autopilot with this, this mastery thing. I believe that that's an important thing to, to migrate toward as a great salesperson. And so you have to figure out what are those, where, where are those moments in your presentation where you can do something that involves them right? And while they're doing their thing, you create a space. Stephen Covey used to call it, uh, there's a space between a stimulus and response. And so if you can create a, a, a large enough space between the stimulus, in this case, the stimulus is you offering a question and, and allowing them the space to do what they do while you are contemplating your response, or maybe you already have your response. But in that space, you have a chance to grow and make decisions and everything else. Now, that stimulus could come from them as in the form of, the, of an objection, right? So as an objection handler, the most important thing is you don't want a narrow space. You don't want to be hair triggered like they give you an objection. Hey, that's too expensive. Whoa, 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 whoa. You know, and if you show up wrong that way, you have to literally acknowledge them and ask the question, hey, I appreciate that. What is it about my price that's your biggest concern? Now, what's happened is, is you have literally just created a new stimulus back to them where you've created space to figure out how you then navigate. So, and you take control back of a conversation. The moment they give you an objection, they've literally grabbed control of your conversation. So you want to grab it back. It's not a, it's just like just a psychological game and you know you're playing it. So enjoy that and know what the rules are, know what you're doing and be an expert in four or five different spots in that conversation. And it will give you the space to be confident in what to do next. And that's why I say confidence is confidence builds confidence. Because if you know you can stand in the heat with any person, no matter how many, how they give you objections or whatever, if you know your content and you know what, why you're in what you do, and you've practiced your competency on how to be really good at what you do, then you can show up super confident and people will feel that. They'll feel that energy. And if you communicate well, and communicate clearly and ask the right questions and let them communicate with you and you validate it back and you let the let the prospect drive the presentation like tony robbins says you literally will be in this in this mastery zone that business will just flow to you like a river and and i've i've been in that spot i'm not there right today i look i you know we all navigate through life but literally billions of dollars of, of services and, and and products and I've sold stuff all around the world, big stuff, little stuff, whatever. It all boils down to the same thing. People just want to know that you love them and that they can love you. It's really that simple. So however that takes shape, find your way to that. Be, be that person. Be love. 
Love is Damn Good Business. It's off my business shoulder right here. It says Love is Just Damn Good Business. It's a book by Steve Barber. It, you know, it's really that simple. If you operate like that, I promise you, business will come to you in ways that don't make sense. But if you operate as a heart-driven human being and that you love other people and want to help them get what they need to get in life, as Zig, as Zig Ziegler said in, in sacred text, if you help enough people get what they want in life, you'll always get what you want. And that's how it works. Fantastic. Anybody have any questions? Before we let Craig go back to his life, running around, trying to land the next big whale so he can, uh, he can change the world again that's out there. So no more questions. Craig, I want to say thank you. Everybody, thank you for coming out, spending your Wednesday here with us. Everybody out on Facebook, I do appreciate you. You're all out there leaving comments. I love it. So um, hey, Craig, Joe, how do people get Thank you so much. Thank Craig, how do people get a hold of you? So good question. So um, I'm actually redoing uh, a website right now. And uh, my, my website was awakeup.net, A-W-A-K-E-U-P. But I don't think that I don't think that works anymore because I don't think I paid my dues and I, I need to re, I re, need to rework it up. You can find me on uh, you can find my wake up page on Facebook. I think it's I think it's at a wake up every day. So if you run in your browser at a wake up every day, um, I've been dark on Facebook for uh, about six weeks. I, and I'll but I think you can I still think you can log into that. And uh, I'm just sort of recalibrating right now. So, so when I come back online, uh, I'll let Joe know, and you guys can come find me, and we'll we'll, we'll reconnect. And uh, you know, friends friends hang out for a long time. So I'm looking forward to it. Again, thank you, Craig. Great information. Thanks everybody for being on. And I'm going to say what? Go out and sell something. This is the Sales Genius Podcast. It's only a numbers game if you want educated. It's time to get educated. Educated.